0: hi there and welcome back to the hub of junior golf podcast i'm ryan burr joined as always by the founder of the junior golf hub roger nick and roger what an exciting time uh the the pga tour obviously back in the mainland of the united states we're creeping our way although the uh the the thermometer doesn't say spring is around the corner you can at least see it on the calendar now that we uh we're not that far from March and into February, and and better days ahead for all of the country. Although it is quite chilly out there in, in many parts, you know. You look at at college golf, which of course is just two weeks from starting in the United States, and uh, as I talk to so many people, especially well, obviously in the, in the men's game, the boys' game, it's all about PGA Tour U, PGA Tour University. Uh, trying to get inside that top 10 and then through the NCAA championships try to make your way and get some status automatically from your college career. Roger, I think you can make the case this is the most successful collaboration the PGA Tour has ever had with any other body and for sure, the NCAA.
1: Yeah, no doubt, Ryan. Uh, And I have to say, I I feel bad for all those Floridians out here, you know, that 65 is you you wear... So, I mean, I, I I feel bad for you, Ryan. Uh, Twenty degrees in Connecticut. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, no, the PGAU and the PGA Tour, that collaboration has been outstanding. You you hear it. You got guys, you know, playing, staying in the game, at college longer, uh, wanting to kind of up, obtain that PGA coveted card, you know, through that um, through that uh, pipeline, if you will. Um, and I think it's also you know, trickling down to even the college or the high school level where players are really thinking a little bit harder about where they want to go, what's going to be impacting their, you know, careers going forward. It does make a difference where you end up going. So I think that's something that we really are going to need to start exploring a little bit, you know, from our perspective of the junior golf hub perspective is, you know, maybe talking a lot more about that because that is going to be an impact, right? Like, hey, I'm going to my normal school that I want to go to, but you're not going to get recognized at PGAU, and if your goal is to be on the PGA tour, that's probably one of the drawbacks to it that I've seen. However, guess what? the The transfer portal has been amazing for that, right? So these guys finish out, you know, maybe take a you know a year or two uh, while they're in school or a couple semesters, and then transfer out into a, a program that clearly has a schedule uh, that gives enough points. And uh, so I I think that's something. We're going to see it's here to stay. It's really something I, I think it's really beneficial to the players. Uh, it's beneficial to a lot of the schools. A lot of the coaches are probably thinking, hey, this is great. I got players for a long time or a few years anyway, not a one and done type situation anymore. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things I would like to see is why aren't we doing this with a women's game? Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about the national you know golf program. Um, the USGA is launched this program for the, you know, focus more on the women's game or women's side, girl side. Um, maybe it's time for them to start thinking about something like that. So.
0: Well, you know, in the past, we have seen players in the middle of their college season on the, on the women's side leave to go to Q school. Now they are allowed to come back if they don't get through, but boy, you talk about an interruption and how difficult would that be for a coach in the middle of your year, if your player makes it, you lose them completely. If they don't make it, you know now they're coming back. You have to put, you know, get them back in the team. The the chemistry of the team. Someone else was taking the spot while they're gone. What if they were playing better and now you have to reshuffle your lineup? So uh, there's no doubt on the men's side that uh, there are very few things that everyone is in agreement on that it works. Uh, credit to the PGA Tour for even taking it a step further. Uh, Ludwig Aberg was the first one to win PGA Tour U with now full status for a year. And what does he do, Roger? He goes out and wins on the PGA Tour. He plays on a darn Ryder Cup <laughs> team directly off of PGA Tour U. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, two through five, they go and play on the Corn Ferry Tour. So obviously, uh, they get great access as well. Yeah, with no that, we welcome in our guest here on the Hub of Junior Golf Podcast, Kim Llewellyn, the 2023 National Coach of the Year and the coach of the National Champion Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Coach, that has to have a, uh, a night nice to it. Uh, but it is 2024, so I know you don't rest on your laurels. But uh, boy, that had to that had to provide some great energy as your team arrived back on campus and now uh, ready for this. Uh, ready for this spring season.
2: I'll tell you what, there's a, the, the energy, obviously the moment is unbelievable when it happens, but what happens afterwards is just contagious. What happens in the community, what happens with our student athletes, what happens with the, the um, incoming players, it just becomes um, uh, a whirlwind for, uh, and and we're still um,
0: enjoying the uh, benefits of that. No doubt. Uh, you just joined us in the middle of a conversation, which I will open up to you. We'll throw your raid right in the fire. Uh, obviously on the men's side in the NCAA, they now have PGA tour U, which provides, uh, unbelievable access to not only the PGA tour, but then to the corn Ferry tour and, and all the way down the line to, to the Canadian and Latino America. Uh, the, the women's game doesn't have that how big of a proponent would you be for the LPGA to create a similar format to PGA Tour U where some of these stars would have immediate opportunity and access
2: mm-hmm. um I, I would be um for it immediately and and, and we've had many examples where um I, for instance I'll just give Rachel Keene who's a, a current player on, on our phenomenal player um because of this highly ranked player, um, she's now um, possibly a candidate for the Curtis Cup. Their Curtis Cup runs over first stage of qualifying school. So this is not just happening to Rachel Keene, but it's happening to many players that are in that position. So she's having to think through. Now, this is not to be honest. They haven't set the date for Q school, but if they go on the same dates as they have in the past, She's now going to have to make a decision. So awesome. you've got some of the top players that are in the country that are that are wanting to represent their country, but now they have to make a decision: Do I go to first stage of tour score, or, or am I going to be able to do this? So I think um, for those players that have proven that they are outstanding players over and over and over again, I think it makes sense to to reward them. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Coach. That's that's a really good. Um... You know, kind of understanding what's happening there in that women's game, but it, is it something that you're seeing, um, or maybe we're seeing, is the influx of more players coming internationally that's creating kind of a um, kind of uh, maybe it's a divide in what's happening with college golf and what's happening with professional golf or women's, you know, in the women's game? Is that one of the things that you think might be? You know, causing, hey, let's create Q school because we have a lot of players that are just waiting to get to Q school. And a lot of the American players are, you know, hey, they just want to stay in college and play college and amateur golf. Is that is that something that might be in the way there?
2: I think that's a great question. I think um I think there's a lot of factors to it. I think that there are a um Yes, there's a lot of European players, world players. I mean, if you notice, the LPJ is a world tour. Um yeah. we travel a lot all over the world, so it's a world tour. So to give those players that are, um, that's a great point that you make. That you know, to, the I, I'm thinking about my particular moment here, but that's a great point that you bring up that there are players, um, especially in, um, you know, the Asian uh, countries that don't come over here and play in the state. So that's an immediate way for them to to get to it. Um, So I think it's a a very valid point. I do think sometimes that – that we have a tendency to sort of see how it goes with the, the men's tour. And then we, uh, hey, I don't mind it. We see, does it work? Does it not work? And then we sort of make our judgment from there. So um, I think it's a little bit of that. I honestly think also um, and I th- that it's a very good revenue maker for the LPGA, which I think I say that in a very positive way because I do think that um, it gives many people an opportunity to go out there Get through Q school, sort of the the old way to do it, and um, it does provide um, some inco- income for the LPJ to sustain their um, their enterprise. So um, I like, I think your point is definitely valid. I do think there is some room um, to do something similar that the men are doing to provide those uh, opportunities for those players that have proven themselves. Um, but I uh, also think that
0: it could be a little bit of a a money maker too. Coach, let's, let's kind of open up that box, if you will. Uh, you know, certainly uh, in the United States, there is a great deal of national pride. It, it's what makes us the, the, the best country in the world. Uh, and currently, some believe that we have a problem in the women's game because uh, so many spots on so many different colleges and universities are being filled by Non American players. Now, listen, a college coach, we all understand that the job is to win. And most college coaches are going to say, you know, whatever it takes, I'm going to have that player on my team to win. Uh, Do you believe that the United States has a problem with its pipeline to universities with junior golfers? when when you compare that to what's going on with junior golfers from the rest of the world
2: Mm -hmm. i think that's a great question um i think that it obviously depends on the level that um a junior is wanting to play i think there's a spot for every single junior golfer out there to play i've been fortunate to coach at all levels i coached at the citadel the men and the women i did east carolina um, and then uh, Virginia and Wake Forest. So I've been fortunate to, co- to to coach at every level. I think there's a spot for every junior at every level, whether it's D one, mid major, D one, D two, D three, whatever it might be. Um, I do think that you know at, at certain levels. So you get at a level where we are, where we're competing for national championships. I've got to find the best player that I can that I can that fits into Wake Forest University. Which is a intimate community. We're a private school, so you need to want the education too. But you, you, for instance, we are very popular with internationals because they don't need a car. You know, so we, so uh, our golf course is on campus, our facilities on campus. So you know, they don't need a car, which is what they're used to. So saying all that, I think there's a spot for everyone. I do think because of the the size of the United States. Um, that we have a lot more junior golfers than let's say um, the Netherlands right I mean you're just going to have a handful from the Netherlands but they have an outstanding national team that provides the information for the that small population I think you're going to see that you see that in every country that you go in I mean you know you can drive from you know Ireland to England. You can drive from, you know, France. I mean, you can just, it's so easy to drive just like state to state. So you see that it's a little bit easier, I think, for them to take their top 12 juniors and provide the information and go. We are now doing that in the United States with the development now that they're bringing in um, a national team for the United States. I'm not sure what that model is going to look like. It'll start probably in the state, um, within the state, and then um, cultivate those players and then you might you're, you're going to have a, a top few um, so yeah so um, I think that the internationals again back to the question I think my job is to make the best team I can for Wake Forest University I do like to bring in some diversity um, to our university with the internationals I think that's a great way to do it with our student athletes as well as um, we have our local North Carolina players. So I try to keep a little bit of a model of what our university looks like and then have that be w- what look, my team looks like as well. Um, so I think a lot of it is, so
1: that was, uh, that was really good information. Um, uh, as one of the things that we do here for this podcast is we try to make sure that, you know, we inform um, our audience, you know, our parents and our players and obviously coaches who follow this as well, Um uh, You've been successful all the way through. You're, you know, grew up in North Carolina. You've gone on to play, you know, golf at a high level. You're a successful golf coach, uh, mentor. You know, a lot of these young women, your your boys as well. Um, how do you do it? Let let the audience know. How how do you do all of this?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I have a great great support staff around me. As you can tell, I have a home office at home. Um, I am a pitching wedge away from our, our golf facility, so. Trying to make things convenient, um, and then I have just a great support staff here at home. My husband and my two kids, very involved with what I do, have always been helpful. Um, my my husband has always been here when my kids were growing old to take care of them, um, and then now with my my children that are college age, they're out here helping me. If I hey, can you help me go pick some balls for the the, the players? So it's a it's a total team effort here. Um, and I think that's been um, one of the reasons why um, we've I've been been personally successful
0: at it, Coach. This is the it's, this is the it's the gold standard of of junior golf podcast. Our community is growing leaps and bounds by the week as parents and players are in search really of a roadmap. And, you know, everyone, golf's an individual game. You have a swing coach, which at many times for, I would say, 99.9% of juniors, that swing coach is not attached to the junior game. They are, they may have professional players, other amateurs. They may work at a club. They may work at a range. Whatever the case may be, answers in the junior game are, are difficult to come by. So we try to provide answers. And what I absolutely love about you being on the podcast is – you have coached at all different levels so you can speak to just about every member of our audience that they all want to play college golf when they're playing at a high end of junior golf is that realistic uh you know as you said probably realistic at some level you've coached at every level How has your recruiting practice changed uh from the citadel from east carolina to uva where you obviously won in the acc and now Uh, a national champion at Wake Forest. I understand the type of player, maybe their scores have changed, but has the type of person you go after changed? No, um,
2: not at all. Uh, Even when I was uh, coaching at the Citadel where you might have a higher handicap player, I still wanted those players that wanted to learn, that wanted to, to, to continue to grow the game. I always look for when I'm recruiting, I look for someone that has, not reached their total level they haven't reached their cap that they still are always in the process of wanting to get better um and, and talking about swing coaches this is one of the things that i that um if for the the swing coaches that might be out there i love it when a player has come to me has a general understanding of their their motion of their machine what they're trying to do where they're trying to go and then the communication with the coach on that. So we can continually help that, that person improve. So I'm personally looking for somebody that has a passion for golf, that loves golf as much as I do. That's going to continue to grow in all the areas to help them reach their goals. So at the Citadel, I was recruiting a high handicapper. My goal was to get that high handicapper to be a low handicapper. Are we going to win a national championship at the Citadel? Maybe, probably not. But if I can get that player to be better, then they're going to be able to um, – Most a lot of my players from the Citadel are in the golf industry. How cool is that? You know, they probably couldn't break uh, 85 when they came and then uh, continually got better and now in the industry. So there is a place for everyone. And what I would say for those that are out there, continually get better, go on to the um, – now it's um, Spike Mark, which is our ranking system. Go there, look at where the teams are ranked, go do your research um, go see where you might fit into that school find five or six schools that you that you love you love the area um, you love the academic interests they match what your goals are in, in six years and then see where you could fit in their golf wise it may be if it's not uh, at a at a uh, varsity team level intramural I mean uh, when I first came here um, I was fortunate enough that they were, had, I had inherited a player that came off the intramural team here. You know what I mean? So there, if you love a certain place, there's an intramural team, too, um, as well. But just doing your research, um, I think, is the most important to, to find that, that place where you will fit.
1: Okay, Coach. Well, that being said, I'm looking at Wake Forest, and uh, my, my daughter is a really good player. What's it like playing for you? What's it, um, what's it, lo- what's it like?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it's a blast, okay? Um, but I'm not sure, you know, if all my players might say that. But I'm, I'm, I hope it's a blast. Um, what a, a typical week looks like. We just started up – we actually start in-season on Saturday. We will um, – uh, workout three times a week in the morning. So it's uh, usually 7.30 to 8.30 uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'll get a workout in. Um, they're welcome to do more or l- uh, not less, more if they would like to on their own <laughs> with our trainer. Um, they may play we- less
1: and if then, they do
2: less. <laughs> right. Um, and then we have practices every single day, um, and they're based off of um, what, the information that we're getting from um, our statistical program um what also maybe what their swing coaches are doing and that type of thing um and then we play a few times a week so um we're talking about um it's a job and it's a, it's a fun job i mean uh, you know it's it, it, golf i mean if you love it it's um the process of getting better is only a joy but um it's a lot of time and that's whether um you're playing at any level i mean this is going to be whether you're at the Citadel east carolina um, or like a Virginia Wake Forest. So um, it's a, a, at every level.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. What, yeah. what would you look for from a player and, and maybe some advice on how to reach out to a coach early on just trying to establish a relationship or a connection?
2: Uh-huh. Um, I would say that uh, most importantly is um, again, it depends on the level. If you're um, if, if, uh, if you're at look, looking at a citadel, hypothetically i'm just doing some differences here and then we're at wake forest um the most important is to to do your research and see where you're going to fit if you feel like you're a good fit then then write an email um, within that email you need to put up there first um, what year you are so if you're a class of 2026 put um i'm susie from a class of 2026 that way i immediately know one can i email this person back I am not allowed to have any contact with anybody until after their sophomore year, June 15th. Um, Then I can email them. I cannot have a contact with them or they can't come to, to, to campus until August. So if you email a coach, realize they may not be able to email you back. So don't be offended by that, but do your research, see where you can fit, find your top five, 10 schools Email them, put the class up there, and then put, one, your best golf, golfing tournament rounds. Um, meaning, I just came back from the Orange Bowl, and I shot yada, 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 and it was a great. Don't put your bad, because you're marketing yourself, and don't put your bad and why it was bad don't do that. Again, you know, you want to think of it as a resume. I'm not going to put on my resume, and I got fired from here because, you know, I was late 10 times. Don't do that. Market yourself, your good stuff, put that in there and then put your schedule as well. Where you are going to go? If this coach reads it, loves it, they're going to go find you. If there may be a, a, a university that might have a smaller traveling budget, recruiting budget, they may not be able to get out to you as much. Then they're going to start inquiring, send me some swing videos. What are your track man numbers? Let's get on a phone call again once they can, which would be August after your sophomore year. So there are timelines.
0: Coach, let's let's get into specifics for you. Uh, we've had – every level of coach on this on this podcast in the men's and women's game you're our second national champion we had we had coach deacon from the men's side on and and he was pretty adamant about what his number one thing that he looks for in a player as a junior do you have a go-to that this player must have x if if i'm going to consider them to come play for uh, what is now the national champion wake forest demon deacons i
2: mm-hmm. uh, love of the game um, and, and that can be hard to find in recruiting but i want somebody that loves the game as much as i do and um if they love the game they're going to love the process they're going to love it, uh, figuring it out diving into what makes them good what makes them um where their weaknesses are how they can get better They're going to, just like anything that any of us love, we're going to know every single thing about it, right? Um, And so that's the type of player that I'm looking for. Because if I can find somebody that has passion for the game, I'm never going to have to worry about them going to practice. I'm never going to have to worry about them not wanting to go to workouts or something like that. They're going to want it as much as I do and keep coming to me saying, what do I need to do? What, what, What more can I do?
1: Well, Coach, that was that was great information uh, regarding what you're looking for. One of the things, you know, when you talk about passion or wanting, you know, somebody who loves the game, um, we see a lot now in junior golf um, tournament schedules being skewed towards keeping the rankings up, which then really means that they're playing less golf, right? They they're trying to. How do you view that? Because that's one of the I think one of the issues in in the game right now, where these these players. To your point, you're trying to find a kid who loves the game, who wants to play as often as they possibly can because they love the game and the results will take care of themselves. How do you feel about, you know, that schedule hopping, if you will, or ranking hopping? Um, how, how does that present to you?
2: That's a great question. And, and, it, and it's a little bit frustrating um, for me as a coach in reference to I – uh, I've got a player, a current player. She's a she's a freshman, Macy Pate. She loves to play the game. She's played in every junior event. She doesn't care if it's, you know, something down the road and it's, you know, uh, um, something local. Um, and so she didn't play the rankings game. Phenomenal player, freshman. I think she's 37th right now as a freshman. But she's not getting invitations into some of these, you know, really nice events because – She opted to do that instead of getting the one that were the high points wagger, Um, you know, and, and that's a shame, you know? And so I, 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 we try to do a balance. If this is the, if you want to be in this high event, this, these are the tournaments you're going to need to play in. You're definitely going to need to do that. Um, And hopefully the hard part is, is she, if she goes and plays in this smaller event and happens not to do well, and she gets hurt that way. That's unfortunate. Um, So it's a balancing act. Um, I I hate it in particular for this young lady, um, but it is a balancing act that you have to do if you want to get into those events. um, And they need some type of criteria to invite them, so I get it. Um, But it does make it tough um, for those ones that just want to play as much as they can, play 30 events um, or something like that because they love the game. But they might not be able to get those um, wagger points if they need to get those invites. It's a tough one.
1: Yeah. Go ahead, Roger. Yeah, I, I was going to say that is a really tough one because you see there. Obviously, the U.S. is so big, right? And there are so many opportunities for golfers to go play golf. Uh, but again, there's also restraints on financial restraints, maybe, you know, uh, logistic restraints. Um, and, and so you see, and it seems like we miss so many great golfers that didn't play college golf or maybe didn't have that chance because of that reason, right? It's like, oh, well, you know, we see the young girls stop playing at 15, 16, because maybe to your point, they are good players. They're not getting invitations to go play in some high level events. And now all of a sudden not getting, you know, kind of looks from colleges and now they're discouraged and just give up the game. Um, what are, what are some of the things that we can do about that?
2: So, great point. I'm, I'm going to use Jennifer Cupcho as, as an example. I mean, Jennifer Cupcho, first uh, Augusta the National Women's Amateur Champion, right? So, she, um, uh, Diane Daly recruited her, who was the predecessor uh, before me, my predecessor. And she stayed local. She stayed in Colorado. She stayed local. She really wasn't that well known. Played a USGA girls event, Coach Daly saw her, bam, she ends up at Wake Forest University ends up being a a major winner. Um, And so my suggestion would be if you can at least play some of those USGA events where you know the coaches are gonna be. There's gonna be a ton of coaches at the juniors. There's gonna be a ton of coaches at the PGA junior. These are events that you can stay local and get enough um, uh, uh, qualifying to get to those events. At least you're seen once or twice um, that's going to allow you to get seen. I mean, a coach has got a good enough eye if they know that you're a good ball striker, you just might not have the competition reps. You're going to get them when you're going to get here, you're going to get a good look at.
0: That's a, uh, that's really great advice. Uh, I wanted to ask you about you, you'd mentioned recruiting budgets and, and even with even take Wake Forest, which is the, obviously the, the top of the food chain right now. Uh, would you recommend to the, to the juniors that let's just say uh, they're in California, but wait for us because of your success, because of watching this interview, the, the families have fallen in love with you coach. How about the idea of scheduling a, a golf tournament in your neck of the woods? So you go play a Peggy Kirkbell, you go play a Nota of gay, you go play an AJGA in North Carolina, where then that email comes across your desk that says, hi coach. I've written you a couple times. Here are my scores again. I'm from Los Angeles, but I'm going to be at X, 25 miles from Wake Forest. Is that something that might push you to actually give them a a little bit more of a look than you previously would have? I
2: definitely think it's a great idea. The only downfall to that is if the coach is somewhere else. So a lot of those coaches, um, especially at – mid-majors, they may not have an assistant or they might be a part-time assistant and they're not going to be able to get there on the road. So if you have A, that coach is located somewhere else that week or B, we're competing make sure you look at the schedule. There are a lot of times that tournaments are scheduled when we are also competing. So there's no way that there's anybody from Wake Forest going to be able to get there or whatever school that it might be that you're looking at. Again do your research. Are they in competition? Um, if that coach can reach out to you, then they can say yes or no, I'm not going to be there. But what that does do, it gives you an opportunity to go on campus and look at it. And that's what I would say go do. Because just as much as I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, and you're looking at the school. So if you are in that town, take the, the time to go over there, do your own campus tour, see if you love it. If you don't, check it on your list or off of your list. But there are some things that might be holding back that coach from even getting there if it's local.
1: That's, uh, oh, that's yeah. a really great advice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, super. That's fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing, coach, and we will let you go, is just uh, this full recruiting process. Uh, you know, a golf roster is traditionally much smaller than some of the other sports sports. Uh, you know, there, you say there is a spot for everyone, and, and we believe that as well. We preach that as well. How important is being realistic? And and I'll just use the uh, – at our national championship every year, we have, you know, 150 of the very best girls in, from around the world, from age 10 to 18, playing in their different – their brackets. And, you know, every kid, I'll just use it. I'm sure you've seen it before. They all say they want to go to Stanford, or they all want to go to Wake Forest. I mean, there's – Obviously, in each recruiting class, it's forget the, the entire roster, each recruiting class might only have one or two spots depending on the school. How would you – or how, what advice would you give to parents and players about being realistic and, and, and finding a school that is actually golf-wise for to get everything else, just golf-wise, a, a, the right fit?
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a great question. I think they, the, the player needs to be honest on what they want if they want a place that they're guaranteed to play they need to say can i play there um uh i think there's multiple ways to look at it first if you're a really high-end player or a player that's going to be recruited by a lot of schools you need to say do i want total academics if so look at a total academic school do you want half academics really important and then a really good golf program then look at those schools that match you there or do you want something that's very less academic and that it will be a little bit easier in that regard and that's just totally golf where do you fit in that model i think that's an important piece to 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 look at um and then um well let me where i sort of lost my my train of thought here with that but i think that that's a that's an important piece to look at um and then i think again look at where you want to go um i've been fortunate enough, and there are a lot of schools that because of title nine they may have to have 12 players you might be able to go to a school that 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 they need that umbrella but know that if you're that 10th 11th player you might not play are you okay with that do you just want to be a part of that program because you love to wear that, you know, whatever color that might be green, you know, red, whatever. And that's what you want. But if, but if you want to play, you need to find a place that you can play. So really understanding I um, offered a young lady, a walk on spot here and she loved Wake Forest. I couldn't promise her that she was going to be part of my lineup um, with the scores that she was having right now. She came back to me and she goes, I love the possible opportunity, but coach, I want to play somewhere definitely, and she went somewhere else. So, I mean, you need to be honest. I've had the opposite. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play, but I want to come and and be a part of it. And a lot of times that person ends up being part of my um, lineup. When I was at at Virginia, I had um, two walk-ons that ended up being on two of my final four teams. So it definitely happens Um, But you really need to have an honest conversation with yourself. Where do I see myself? Where do I want to be? And what am I looking for a balance of academics and athletics?
0: Uh, And finally, Coach, I do want to touch on uh, burnout just because uh, as Roger, myself, and and you included, uh, are so entrenched in the game. You can see that it, it might be the game's biggest problem at the junior level. Uh, whether it's the amount of pressure, the amount of events, uh, the amount of practice time, whatever it is, uh, driven by the parents, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I've had conversations with kids that says the sight of their golf clubs makes them want to vomit. Like, it just becomes so much that it they're completely burned out and need to check out from the game. Uh, what advice do you have as far as you you want your kid to be great. Listen, no matter whether it's academically sports, whatever walk of life, your child uh, chooses direction. You want them to do the best they can at it. But they're also, as we've seen in golf, especially there is crossing that line. Do you have an advice, any advice on burnout? And uh, have you seen similar situations?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. I mean, goodness. I could talk a, a lot about this, this particular piece. I think that, um, I think the, the, I would challenge the parents not to put the pressure of, you've got to perform well this week because, because yada, yada, yada coach is going to be there. And oh my goodness, you hit a bad shot in front of her. Oh my gosh. Do you know what I mean? Please, please don't do that because golf is going to be difficult when you first start it's going to have its own challenges you're going to try to not whiff the ball right for the first 20 shots when you first then when you are now a scratch handicapper you're just trying to minimize Um, you know, maybe three-putt avoidance or whatever it might be. You're going to have challenges throughout your entire game. You've got to enjoy that process and not look at it as a failure, but failure's feedback, and each time you're getting better and better and better and better and better. Um, So, I mean, burnout to me is when somebody is trying to be somewhere And they're putting the pressure on being there instead of being present at that moment, getting better in that moment, enjoying the process of getting it better in that moment and letting the rest happen. So if I have any advice for a parent, keep preaching, enjoy the process. Keep enjoying getting better. Failures feedback. Failures not because you missed a shot in front of a coach. No way. Failures feedback. And that way the burnout just becomes a cliche word that people use when they just don't love the game instead of it being something um, that um, we can use as a process oriented to get you where you want to be with your goals.
0: Awesome. Uh, that was really great uh, coach. Uh, again, we thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on all your success national coach of the year, national champion. And I know your spring season is a, uh, well, you can see it now. It won't be long before you guys are back out there trying to repeat and go back to back. So thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Sorry for the all, you know, all the uh, breaks. You Hopefully you got some popcorn. So anyway, hey, we got,
1: you
0: got,
1: it. It. We got some good ones. Thanks coach. Bye. Good luck bye. this year. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. That
0: was, uh, you know what I expected, Roger. I mean, you're talking about bringing in the, the absolute top of the food chain there. Uh, what she's done. And let's just take a second and, and look at her resume. I mean, you don't think a coach matters wherever, whatever level she goes to, she wins. Yeah. And that's not by, that's, that's not coincidence that, that she just happens to win. Yeah, it's every not an accident. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So pretty incredible what she's been able to do. And, uh, you know, her, her attitude is obviously infectious. It's why her teams are so successful, but also why she can pretty much have uh, anyone she wants to play for because it's easy to fall in love with her.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd go play four. I mean, look at that, the, the passion, the enthusiasm. Could you imagine as uh, as a as a father having your daughter go or a mother going, you know, and this this figure that's been so successful, but so humble in, in so many ways. And you can just tell that she cares so much just through, you know, her communication. So really cool. Uh, great to see, you know, coach that way.
0: Uh, Let's just take a minute. There is a a major, major announcement coming from the Junior Golf Hub as soon as next week. Uh, A lot of new, exciting things that we will be unveiling on this podcast. But just uh, because uh, Coach talks so much about scheduling, Uh, It is that time of the year where you, the parent, should start to look and map out a schedule for your child, boy, or girl. Best way to do that, we know it is the Junior Golf Hub. Just uh, let's give our parents a a refresher here in 2024. I know a lot's going to be coming and changing with the hub. It's super exciting. But in this immediate moment, if they want to do their schedule while they're watching this podcast or right after Roger, what's the best way?
1: Yep, uh, go to the juniorgolfhub.com, you know, click on, you find tournaments. Uh, right now on the uh, front page, you'll see just click in your zip code uh, and it'll reference uh, tournaments for you. Right now we have uh, over 3,200 events in there, uh, which is more than anyone else out there in the world when it comes to tournaments that you want to find and search and play. So put it into your profile and let uh, send that link off to these coaches and let them know that you're playing golf. Awesome.
0: And again, on Tuesday, if you're looking for an exact date, it is January 23rd. A major announcement will be coming for the game of Junior Golf. Uh, So we will, uh, no matter where you look on the 23rd, you'll hear the news, but we want you to be aware of that. Uh, January 23rd, uh, stay tuned, Junior Golf is about to get better. So on behalf of Roger Nick, the founder of the Junior Golf Hub, Our producer, director, Michael Nick. I'm Ryan Burr saying until January 23rd, have a great day, everybody.